You're listening to It's Complicated, doing business during coronavirus, a weekly podcast produced by Atlanta Business Chronicle. Each week, we'll bring you interviews, information, and insight to empower you during these extraordinary times. This week, we talk international trade as economies try to reemerge from COVID lockdowns both here and abroad. Don't discount international opportunities just because they seem daunting. There are resources to help. Also, we speak to one of the entrepreneurs entering the Women's Export University. She's ready to tap into the African market with her unique product. So, you know, we tried a number of insects, we tried silkworms, and landed on grubs. You heard right, she said grubs. Before we get to all that, here are this week's top business headlines, three stories you need to know about. First, the Atlanta Beltline could get a new funding stream to cover the cost of completing the 22-mile project. The Atlanta City Council is considering increasing taxes on commercial and multifamily properties along the Beltline. Officials say it would take another $350 million to close the loop, both financially and literally. The proposed tax would not apply to owner-occupied residences such as single-family homes, condos, or townhouses. Second, Atlanta gets a new business incubator intended to lift up black-owned businesses. The Village Market Atlanta and Our Village United are behind the 12-week program called Elevate. Organizers say they're focusing on helping to grow sole proprietors or solopreneurs, which make up the bulk of black-owned small businesses in Metro Atlanta. Third, a couple of new faces on the Atlanta Falcons leadership team. Terry Fontenot was named the Falcons' new general manager. He replaces Thomas Dimitrov. Fontenot was the assistant GM for the New Orleans Saints. And coming from the Tennessee Titans, Arthur Smith was tapped to be the Falcons' new head coach. He replaces Dan Quinn. By the way, Smith is the son of FedEx founder Fred Smith. You can read about all of those stories on our website, atlantabusinesschronicle.com. The novel coronavirus gripped global economies last year. It also emphasized how critical international trade channels are for the movement of goods and services. In 2019, Georgia's international trade activity was worth $143 billion. While the state is still crunching the numbers from last year, I caught up with Mary Waters. She's Georgia's deputy commissioner for international trade. We kick off our conversation with lessons learned from 2020. Business is resilient. Uh, but they often need help um, from resources to, to help them continue to, to survive and, and even to thrive in very disruptive times. And so, um, you know, a lesson for us is that I, I think that um, small business services, business assistance services are more important now than ever uh, as companies continue to kind of regain their footing um, and look to grow in, in 2021. How do you think the new leadership in Washington and the the global pandemic that keeps dragging on uh, affect Georgia international trade efforts? It's a little bit too soon to tell um, what the new administration's trade priorities will be. Um, I will say just in broad terms, um, a lot of trade development um, and a lot of the demand for U.S. goods and services and, and Georgia products and services really occurs independent of administration policy. Um, but it's one thing that, that does occur to me is that there will be uh, more of a focus on multilateralism um, and a multilateral approach um, and, and, and working with allies, and that may create stronger partnerships that sort of keep trade flows open. In your recent blog post, you mentioned small businesses leaning in to export opportunities. How can Georgia entrepreneurs do that? 
some of the lessons of COVID, um, you know, particularly in terms of vaccine development and PPE development and distribution, that took a global effort and international trade came back um, relatively quickly because countries realized that they had to keep commerce flowing um, to keep everything moving. And so to me, that says that this is still the time to explore inter international opportunities. There are um, new sales markets, new, um, new opportunities to break into. And so I would really encourage companies, especially at the start of the year, um, don't discount um, international opportunities just because they seem daunting. Um, there are resources to help. How are you all using technology to continue to build bridges uh, between Georgia small businesses and potential export partners? Whereas before you might have joined us on an in-person trade mission, now we can really replicate um, a lot of that fact-finding and a lot of those conversations with um, key industry contacts and with, um, with actual buyers, we can replicate that through video conference. Um, and so that's, that's one way we've, we've tried to, to keep the world feeling a little bit smaller <laughs> um, right now and, and accessible. Um, and we've gotten great feedback from, from companies that are still able to connect with their customers um, and maintain that connection via our international um, representatives um, in the midst of a pandemic. And that's really helped a lot of companies continue to, to move forward and see some growth. Mary says some sectors that saw growth last year include Georgia's agriculture industry. China lifted its ban on U.S. poultry imports. Buyers in Brazil were looking for everything from frozen vegetables to household cleaning products. And Georgia's lumber was in demand from our neighbors to the north, Canada. As we've mentioned many times on this podcast, the pandemic and the economic downturn that followed disproportionately affected minority-owned businesses. But that hasn't stopped entrepreneurs from pressing forward and looking for new opportunities, even if it means tapping markets outside the U.S. Well, this month, the Women Export University, a partnership between the Mayor's Office of International Affairs and UPS, launched its business development program for 2021. There are two dozen women-led businesses in this year's cohort, Wonder Grubs is one of them. It's a company that produces protein-rich products sourced from insects. I spoke with its CEO and co-founder, Akisi Stokes. First question, how in the world did she come up with this idea? We were watching Anthony Bourdain, and there was an, a Haiti episode. And this was a couple of years after the earthquake. He wanted to feed them. Really noble act, but it, it turned, you know, sour quickly, you know, the fight's kind of breaking out. And he was like, oh, dumb Americans. Didn't have the foresight to see what would happen. And so immediately I started thinking, okay, what's the sustenance that people need? You know, it's protein. Okay, how can we produce that when you've had a climatic shock? You know, agricultural systems are destroyed. Infrastructure is destroyed. You know, after the relief kits go away and landed on this report by FAO at the time, by UN, about insects as food, feed, and fertilizer, read through it, I was sold. Yep, insects, that's the way. And so Kareem, um, the other co-founder, uh, we were looking at crickets. He was like, no, you're going to freak out if a cricket jumps out of the box. <laughs> you know, they're noisy, they're smelly, et cetera. And so, you know, we tried a number of insects. We tried silkworms and landed on grubs. And we started out selling a cookie. 
we tried to figure out, okay, what's the psychology of Western eating? And so we were like, hey, everybody loves a cookie. So we ground them down to a powder, um, came up with a really cool cookie recipe, and that's how we started selling them. And we started out in a little farmer's market in Lithonia, Georgia, and we were selling out every weekend. And so we were like, okay, we're on to something. What's the market for products like yours, alternative protein products? Uh, the market is growing. It's estimated worldwide, I think, to get to around $650 million, so it's steadily growing. Um, and U.S. in particular is expected to be the fastest-growing market. And what do they taste like? Many people have told us that they either taste like a pine nut, and we eat them ourselves as well. They have like a very subtle kind of pine nut or like cashew nut taste. So they're actually quite tasty. They're good. <laughs> hmm. And that's scary okay. at all. As I tell people, you won't grow wings when you eat them. How has your company been affected by COVID-19? Like so many companies in 2020, we were going to kill it. You know, we we're coming into 2020. We we're clear on our strategic goals. You know, we had some pending partnerships lined up, and then the pandemic hit. So, you know, it, it definitely affected our, our impacted our sales. We did decide to stay on the road of becoming a supplier, but of course, we've now, you know, our model has switched to okay, let's imp let's expand, let's increase our digital footprint. You know, that was one. Um, and then, you know, what type of products are people looking for? So we went back, you know, Crystal, and polled customers. What do you want? What, how do you want to see this product? Um, and again, because of 19 and a lot of the meat packing plants getting hit. Um, and a lot of the grocery stores, you know, running out of protein options, we actually had an increase in the level of interest. You're part of this year's cohort of the Women's Export University. Uh, tell me a little bit about your goals uh, as they relate to exporting and international trade. Yeah, so we, we are really excited to be a part of the 2021 cohort. A farmer's organization, a co-op from West Africa reached out to us and so uh, grubs are already a part of their cuisine, and, and so um, we hopefully we're inking a deal with them now to work with some communities in, in two West African countries. And so with that, Crystal, we were like, oh, my gosh, what does that look like? You know, what does that mean? Um, and so this program is really helping us, providing us, you know, access to experts and, and also, you know, people who are already doing business in, the, in these other countries or continents and things we need to consider. Something Akisi is already considering is Wondergrub's long-term goals, one of which is feeding more than one million people with protein-rich food by 2030. Before we go, time to mark your calendar with our next virtual event. On Thursday, January 28th, Atlanta Business Chronicle will host The Future of Cities. Speakers will address challenges and opportunities facing major U.S. cities as we navigate the global pandemic. It begins at 11 a.m. next Thursday. You can register and find out more information on our website, atlantabusinesschronicle.com. Just click on the Events tab. that's going to do it for this edition of Atlanta Business Chronicles podcast. It's complicated doing business during coronavirus. Thanks for listening. I'm Crystal Edmondson. Stay safe, everybody. Publication.